Greetings and welcome to another special edition of Out the Box Talks. I'm your host, Krill. We are at episode 23. Wow, we got to 23, man. I definitely want to give a big, big shout out to all the listeners out there that's been tuning in. Shout out to my co-host, A-Level, who's not here at this show, but we're going to be doing another Out the Box Talk segment coming up, so... You know, stay tuned for that. This episode, I have a special guest hailing out of the borough of Staten Island. I got to say, this is probably my first MC that I've interviewed from Staten Island, so I'm pretty excited about this. I got wind of his new record, his new album, um, From Niggas to Gods, which is actually produced by, uh, I believe, an Amsterdam producer by the name of P. Soloist. Um, when I heard the album, I was like really intrigued. It definitely reminded me of like that East Coast 90s era. Definitely had that Wu-Tang vibe to it. Um, but I was really impressed with this brother's lyricism, his unique vocal ability, you know, his voice. You know, his guru always says, you know, it's the voice that gets you up. <laughs> this brother got the voice. He got the flow. He got the lyrics, man, and I'm more than excited to invite him to the Out the Box Talks listening audience. So without further ado, I want to bring on the homie hailing from Staten Island, Squeegee. Oh, welcome, welcome. What's going on? What's going on? Love is love, love is love. How you, Brother Krill? I'm good. I'm good. I hope I, I said your name correctly. Squeegeo, right? Nah, nah. Nah, you got it right. You got it right. Squeegeo, synonymous with O, as in it's O, bitch. You know what I'm saying? So you got it right. <laughs> All right. So I got my brother Squeegeo on the line. Thank you so much for um being here, man. As I said in the intro, man, I was definitely feeling the album. And, you know, when I, you know, I've been on this, this kind of like, how you say, on this routine of like checking out a lot of dope new projects and really getting in touch with the artists to find out about, you know, the music and how they actually put this music together. So I'm going to really be going yeah. in depth today about this project. So, you know, definitely look, stay in tune for that. I do want to start off, however, by giving the listening audience kind of a background on you. So for people that might not know who you are, just give the listening uh -huh. audience uh, kind of like a background on how you got started and how this thing of hip-hop or MCing became a reality for you. I, you know, um, I don't want to be the, the, the guy of extra long words, you know, but um, pretty much it just all started from fucking being on punishment. You know what I'm saying? Being on punishment got me into hip-hop. It was like, I wasn't a trouble kid, but I was always one of those mischievous, always getting in the shit-ass kids. You know, and shout out to my mother and my father for, you know, raising me and putting me in the right position to see right from wrong at certain points in times. But hip-hop got to me through punishment. Sitting in a room, just chilling, listening to the radio, reading books. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? You listen to the radio, you catch a whole different type of shit. And my house was already heavy with music. You know, my mother loves a lot of soul and R&B shit, and my father was universal. He loved it all, reggae, rock and roll, hip-hop, soul music. Like, it, it was just a nice blend in the household. What really got me into writing rhymes was, you know, just the fact of you see kids in the neighborhood, everybody's doing their little thing, everybody doing their shit, they clicked up or whatever the case may be, and, you know, I wasn't too sharp with my pen, but... I knew how to put shit together, and I just got up with my homeboys. I had the open crib. They had the uh, the boom box with the built-in mic. So how we used to do is use the built-in mic on the other boom box and then play the beats from the big-ass stereo and then just rap into the built-in mic. From there, that shit just became the ultimate fetish, I would say, kind of like that shit is insane. Still, it's rude to me, you know what I'm saying? I, no matter what I do, how I do, or how I move, I just can't stop thinking about hip-hop music, you know what I'm saying? 
as far as writing it, listening to it, you know, is is deeply embraced in in the culture of my life. You know what I'm saying? And um, shit, I'm just happy to be here on some real shit, you mm. know. And I appreciate people just checking in and getting in tune with what I'm trying to throw out there and you know put to the masses type shit. So mm-hmm. you know that that that's pretty much what it is. It's just basically the love for hip hop and just me expressing my shit, how I express my shit. Yo, I gotta definitely um give you props, man. You kept it real. You said it was on punishment. I don't think I've ever heard a rapper give me that story as to what <laughs> what got them into it at. That's that's official right there. Nah, definitely, man. You know, like I said, I wasn't a bad kid, but you know, discipline is key in the household. So, you know, the discipline just got me in tune with something that I never even knew that I had love for at the time. It was just the love for the music, you know, how niggas would come off on the record. Like, the early 90s records, you like, I, I for example, the Dodge records, all that energy, how these dudes used to come off and everybody was just different. Mm. You know, that shit draws your attention as a kid. That that energy, you watch the videos, you know, you see everybody just, you know, living the life, just speaking their truth. So, you know, that's how I got sucked in the game, man. Mm-hmm. So. How long you been doing it, man? Because I, I have to admit, and I'm going to be really honest, like, this year is my first time knowing about you. But, you know, I, I do want to kind of give you the opportunity to really talk about your your history, you know, like like I can't say off the bat, but do you have other projects that you've released prior to this? Oh man, I, I got shitload of music. I would say I took this kind of like in a serious path, I'd say about 2010, 2011. You know, I got a couple of mixtapes that's floating out. Right. Some of them I have updated on the like on old streaming. So like some of my early work I already have on old streaming, but I've been pretty much rocking since then. About like 2010, 2011, you know, just nice. trying to move around and get my name out there. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. So um, the new album, as I said again, is entitled "From Niggas to Gods." Mm-hmm. Just off the bat, the the title is gra- you know grabs your attention. Talk to me a little yeah. bit about what uh, inspired this album title. All right. So basically, I give you the breakdown and then I give you the whole idea of how the album came apart. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we 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 on the same page as far as, you know, telepathically, see what we're, we're, we're sitting on. So the title in itself from Niggas to Gods is just basically evolution, growth. You know what I'm saying? In hindsight, how you look at life, especially, you know, somebody from the, 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 the project or living in the ghetto or poverty, you always recognize as a nigga. So the objective that they try to teach us or, you know, the elders try to school us to understand is you can't be a nigga forever. Sooner or later, you're going to have to elevate and realize that you are God in your own right. You know what I'm saying? However you move in this universe, however you live, you are that individual that has the control. There is a higher power over all this shit, but the end result is you are the master of your own destiny. So with that being said, in order to get to that level, it's all about growth, you know, evolving. And to me, the album in itself was more like lyrical evolution. You know, the concept and the ideas was different. You know, the patterns, the thought process, timing was all different. It was all about growth, maturity, you know what I'm saying? You can't stay on the on the silly shit and experiment forever. Sooner or later, you know, you, you got to show and prove. And that was just me showing and proving my growth. You know what I'm saying? Well um, said, man. Well said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. Now you was going to say, go ahead. Um, well, no, nah, I was, uh, was going to get into the process of the album. Uh, I mean, I was going to let you... Oh, you know, okay. I was going to You was going to ask yeah, I, I got you. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Let me let me get to that next question because I'm sure we'll get there. Go ahead. Go um, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> definitely, definitely. On the album cover, right? Mm-hmm. What's seen is like a vintage photo of what appears to be like a father holding a baby. But what's yes. even more apparent 
it is the way that their eyes are depicted, right? So the father's eyes are like solid white and the child's eyes are, eyes are like jet black. So it's, it seems like it's something going on there, like something else, right? But um, you yeah. kind of explained it to me. Like, what were you trying to convey with the album cover? I mean, it's, it's transparent the souls, Alpha and Omega, yin and yang. You know what I'm saying? Um, my father, he was an artist. Like, he can draw his ass off. You know, I say God bless the dead. I hate to speak on him in past tense, but, you know, mm-hmm. love is love. But um, he was an artist. He drew his ass off and his hand was, like, untouched. I met a lot of people that can draw it. Still to this day, like, his shit intrigues me still. And I didn't develop that hand, but my father also had a gift of gab. So I, I would say, in a sense, I developed that gift of gab and then turned it into, you know, this rap shit. You know what I mean? So it's just transportation of spirit. You know what I'm saying? The elder moves on so the younger can display. You know what I'm saying? The alpha and omega, the beginning to the end, where he's the beginning and I am the end. You know what I'm saying? Now that he's out and he's gone in the past, I'm kind of like the new beginning until my next seed comes on and becomes the end. You know what I'm saying? Dope, dope. Now, is that your dad and you on the on the actual image? Yes, yes, that is me and him. Dope, dope. Yeah, I wanted to ask, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't like to assume, but as I was listening to the album, I know you you did have a line on, I think it was on the first track where you referenced him. And I was like, oh, it might be that, but let me ask him. So thanks for definitely clearing that up. Yeah, nah, no problem. No doubt. I have to say, as I said earlier, right, your sound is very familiar, right? But it mm-hmm. makes me proud because it, it, it really sounds like the uh, the authentic New York, right? Like, not that new wave stuff that we're hearing that may be coming out of New York. Like, your music right. reminds me of, like I said, Wu-Tang, Tragedy Gaddafi, like Capone and Noriega, which I grew up on, you know what I'm saying? Like, I grew up in that 90s era. And um, mm-hmm. I wanted to know, like, how'd you and uh, this producer, P-Soloist, link up? Like, what, you know, what, what got y'all like, to come together? For this project, I um I met P about like two years ago uh, at an event. I happened to be performing, and um I got on stage, and this dude like he had this heavy, thick accent, but you know, he you could tell he was coming with good energy. He's like, mm. yo, bro, you killed that shit. I want to know, you know, if I could get some more of your music. So I gave him one of my old releases that I had called Born Loser. And he went back to the Netherlands and was playing that shit. And, like, he was just hitting me up like, yo, this shit is insane. We got to work. We got to put some shit together. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do something. Let's do something. The original process of From Niggas to Gods kind of got scrapped. Because mm. it just wasn't sitting right with me. You know, I had my own little personal demons and life shit that I was going through at the time. And, like, I was just getting ready to say, yo, fuck the album. And I'm just going to chill for a minute and, you know, try to get my mind right. What wound up happening was, I say about around this time last year, he sent me um, some fucking heat. The first record he gave me was uh, Flesh Eating Bobby. Mm. And from there, I just tore ass. I was like, yo, let's just work on some more shit. And then I was going through things that he sent me prior to. And then he was just sending me records and then we was just building back and forth. Like he kind of gave me that strength that I needed to, you know, get back in my vibe to fill the void of, you know, all the, the, the personal dark shit I was going through. Mm. So it all worked out. You know, we kept in touch with each other, you know, through via the Instagram, email, all that other shit. And we really sat down and put this shit together and pieced the pieces together. Mm. So it was like inspirational for you, like working with him. It kind of yeah, in a sense, yeah, in a sense, because he gave me that vibe that I I wanted the album to have, mm. but it just didn't have that. Like in the earlier sessions of for niggas of for niggas the gods that have what I had, it was just like it was dope shit. Granted, but it just didn't have that feel. What was After missing? In, three, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. What was missing, and what 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 made it? Uh, transition to what it is now. All right. Um, 
basically it was more cohesive. Because at the moment in time of me putting the record together, I was just working with, you know, different producers. He was in the fold, but I didn't really have him at the forefront at the point in time. I just had mad other shit that I was working with. And the sound, like I said, the records was dope, but it just didn't sound cohesive. Okay. When I finally sat down and started working with the records with him and listening to, you know, what we, what we was creating at the time, I was like, nah, this is it. This is definitely it. This is the vibe. Mm. This is it. I, I wanted the whole shit to feel like boom bap blues. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you 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 could get the you could get the education. You could enjoy it. You could laugh at it. You know you could feel deep about it. But at the end of the day, you know you feel the gut wrench in that shit. And he gave that vibe, and it was just like, yes, this is what we need. This is exactly what we need. Mm. You know, that's dope, man. That's dope. I think I think you guys made the right decision because I, you know, I definitely I, like the outcome. Nah, I, I appreciate it. I call it divine intervention. You know, things happen for reasons. It was supposed to happen like that. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Now, I'm a I'm a lyric head, right? So mm-hmm. the the album definitely attracted me with the beats, but. Because I'm a lyric head, like I started listening and, and I was like drawn by a lot of what you were saying. And I, it, there's a lot of substance to the to the actual lyrics. So, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely want to ask you about some of the tracks on the album and some of the quotables that I do hear on the album. So the first track All right. is <laughs> first track is Cabrina. Right. You have a right. line where you say nothing said relatable. Basic shit the average slave caters to. No knowledge in the message they convey to you. Well, me and Solo came to change that. These niggas throw your money, so we here to bring your change back. Yeah. I really like that rhyme because it shows... It kind of like puts the average rap listener on that spotlight. And it shows that they, they don't even realize that like that average rap listener doesn't even realize that his listening experience is being jerked. Like he's right. not getting the food for thought. You know what I mean? Like when you say we here to bring the change back, we, we, we not shortchanging you. We giving you what you need we and we not what you want. That, exactly. That vibe. We give you that substance. You know what I'm saying? Too many of these niggas, J jerk people's pockets. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's too much. There's a lot. I put it like this. Now, I mean, there's a lot of dudes that they can spit, but they would rather sell their soul for, you know, the standard shit. And it's like, they sure, it, it, it's actually that. It, they shortchanging you. They giving you whatever the fuck they want to give you. And you as the consumer, you're so force-fed the basic shit that you have no choice but to run with it. You know what I'm saying? Think about, think about rap game right now, right? Other than, you know, the top dog names when you think of dudes like Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole, there's not many other names beyond those two that you can put in those categories because the ones who actually do have the potential and the lyricism, they dumb down their shit just for views and attention so people can buy into their shit. You know, it's a fucking, it's a mass media plant. Mm. You know, it's like hip-hop in the McDonald's edition. Mm. I mean... You're definitely on point with that. The only thing I would say is that they represent the mainstream, right? Because I know in the underground, yeah, you know, people like you exist. You know what I'm saying? So, I, but yeah, I definitely get you. I, I mean, not not in the underground sense. That's what I'm right. saying. Yeah, in, yeah, in, definitely. In the limelight sense. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? I definitely hear you on that. Now, what I did want to ask you in reference to that line is, what do you think it'll take for the average hip hop fan to wake up and demand more as far as receiving lyrical substance out of hip hop? Two things gotta happen. Okay. I mean, in a sense, it's slowly happening, but everything is, is, is train motion, so you know everything don't move as fast. But two things gotta happen. Number one, it has to be a line drawn where a number one, we can't always have the same stations playing the same shit, the 
same videos and same rotations, the same artists and the top, same names of the same old corny ass shit every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's one thing. I mean, I understand the radio's purpose is to get those records out and to get them played, but it's not even like radio back in the days. Radio back in the days is organic. Now it's just like, hey, we're going to feed you this for uh, the first five minutes of your rise. Then two hours later, we're going to play it again. And then when you go home from work, you're going to play that shit again. All that shit needs to change. There needs to be more diversity within the playlist, not the same old shit every hour on the hour. Another thing that I look at, I think it's sooner or later it's going to happen, but it's also an education. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We all, as underground, I put it like this, as an underground artist and as somebody who listens to hip-hop, and I know you'll agree with me like this, Mm. a lot of times we got to soul-search and dig for shit just to find shit. Like, perfect example. So true, You found me, like, you found me. And like you have, you probably dug for that, or it just I did. You're absolutely right. Shit. You know what <laughs> I saying? did. So it's like sometimes, as the average hip hop listener, even people who listen to underground and listen to the mainstream, a lot of people don't fish. You know what I'm saying? Nobody fishes. Fishing is the best thing that ever happened to the game because that's how you discovered a lot of some of the dopest acts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just by chance and by luck. You know, think about it. A lot of people wouldn't knew who fucking Jay-Z was if they didn't remember him from the Hawaiian Sophie shit, but mm-hmm. he went and did his own thing. A lot of people weren't connected to him, but there were people who knew him before that. So they was already in tune, connected. You know right. what I'm saying? Same thing with, um, damn, I'm kind of rambling. Cause I, nah, I'm you good, you good. You doing your thing, man, you good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah, that... Yeah, this perfect example of that, you know, just finding shit, the 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 organicness and the enjoyment of finding and discovering music is not the same no more. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It, it's not a, it's not to say it's not allowed, but you just don't see it much because everything that you're discovering is pretty much the same shit that you've been listening to the past year. Definitely, you know. The next question I gotta ask you this, bro, like um. Let me preface with this line, though. I'll preface with another quote. The kid uh-huh. make boom bap music. They ain't rocking it. Famous frauds make boom bap. Now they slobbing D. I'm just stating yeah. the obvious, right? Now, yeah. I, I, I preface with that because um, as most of us know, whether we, you know, following it or not, Takashi 69 is is out, right? He's 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 released from prison. Right. Um, he's well known for snitching. Recently, um, broke the internet with his IG live. You know when he went on IG live, and then he also made over like sixty million views with a music video he just put out. Now I didn't watch the video. I don't really pay attention to him like that, other than like stuff showing up in my news feed, right? Uh, right. But I'm curious what what was really surprising about this situation with him breaking the internet and having all these views was the fact that so many people tuned in, right? And there's probably people that tuned in because they just want to know to be in a know just to be newsworthy. But I feel like there's a significant portion of people that tuned in that are just fans of him. And what, what makes me concerned about that is that you now have you know, people supporting him, you know what I'm saying? And they're being, how you say, um, misled, right? And so my question is, at what point do we hold ourselves accountable for who and what we support in hip hop? Shit. Truth to be honest, it's all dependent on who artist is. In this situation with him, the perfect time to unplug him would be now. Just for the simple fact of, you got to think about it. If that man can reach 6 million people through a visual, right? Mm-hmm. That means he's reached the attention of the masses. And he's not just reaching the attention of, of the uh, the hip-hop people. He's reaching the attention of the nosy people, the pop people, more acceptingly the kids. Because those are the ones who really listen to his shit. You know, think about it. What I, what, what adult is really going around 
singing some Kashi Six Nine shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really bad development for the kids. So it's like if you can't unplug him, if we look, if you can't unplug him, then you have to unplug the person that's attached to it, that's attached to you. You know what I'm saying? It's all about reaching those who you can. Because I tell my nephew all the time, regardless of what he thinks he's doing and how he thinks he's living, he broke a code. If you get active in things like that in street life, there's a code that you live by. No matter who did what to you, filthy, this one tried to take your mother, this one messed with your girl, this one tried to shoot you. At the end of the day, that was part of the game, Mm -hmm. which you wanted to play in. You wanted to get in that street monopoly. You feel what I'm saying? So for you to fold under pressure, there's no respect, there's no condoning to that. You know what I'm saying? And in life, when you go through life, if you're willing to give somebody else up to get an upper hand or to do some foul shit just so you could upgrade in life, yo, you're a terrible person. Mm. Stay away from me. You know, but right now it's more about deprogramming yourself and deprogramming the ones around you because unfortunately how this game is played now and, you know, it's all numbers. So the more numbers he gets, the more his popularity is going to go, you know. So you just got to educate yourself and the ones around you and make sure they understand this is sucker shit. We can't condone that, you know what I'm saying? Especially if you're somebody from that nature. You know, nobody from that nature would be like, yeah, but his music is good, though. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> he broke cold, you know what I'm saying? I could definitely you can't dig come that. Back from that. That's a that's an admirable answer. I could definitely dig that. I appreciate that. You know? Yeah. It, it's like the line that you say, I forget what record it is. You'll be like, you say like everybody wanna wanna be a nigga until well, their life is in jeopardy. Be a nigga until it's like their life is in jeopardy. Yeah. You know? And then you trying to run away from it and you trying to get away from it. Nah, it's too late. You already immersed yourself in the shit. Right. So if you wanna immerse yourself in the shit, it's two things. Either you could bow out gracefully and do it the right way. Or you could do the sucker shit that you want to do, or there's the other option. Just continue to be stuck in that loop and rotate. Know mm-hmm. what I mean? Definitely, definitely. One of the questions that me and my co-host A Level, who's who's not here with me tonight, um, we presented this in one of our previous talk shows, right? Uh, the question mm-hmm. was: Has hustle and business success become more rewarded than conscious subject matter in hip hop? And I just wanted to know of what course. your thoughts is on that. Do you agree with that? Of course, of course. Mm. Only because, you know, the saying that I always say, and uh, I, I mean, it is definitely true. Hard work beats talent if talent ain't pushing. You mm. know what I'm saying? And that's the unfortunate situation that we deal with these days. You know what I'm saying? Whatever your gimmick is, you know how to sell that gimmick. You got a better chance at getting to the people because it's all about uh, 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 a feed. It's a feed. Buy and feed. Buy and feed. Buy and feed. Mm. You know what I'm saying? When you're giving somebody something, something that they can at least get, even if you can't get the full message of it, you got an understanding. Number one, it's to the point where it's like, not to say it's shunned upon, but some people look at it like, ah, you want that fake woke shit or ah, you think you know this, that, and the third, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yo, it ain't even about that. Maybe I'm just trying to help you out from getting you out the negative light that you in. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But it's so much negativity within the air and in the atmosphere mm. that to even be subconscious is kind of like a battle. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because first off, you're battling with yourself because you might think you out of the loop. And it's not the fact that you out of the loop. You 10 steps ahead while everybody else is 15 behind. Mm. But they want you to be 15 behind with them. So now it's a battle within you and a battle within them. It's all dependent on how you play the game. Definitely, so. definitely. You know, the reason why that question came up too, you know, is like I was seeing that people were getting applauded for like the moves that they were making, like, like business wise, right? Which is a great thing, but the the yeah. message in the music wasn't adding up. Like it wasn't balancing out. And I was like, damn, what happened to the days when you know, like you're an artist, like you should be, you should be recognized for your art. 
You well, know nah, what I'm saying? It's not like that no more. Yeah, and then you once hip hop, like not to cut you off, yeah, once hip hop went corporate, all that shit was a dub. It ain't about who got the skills, who got the talent, who can bring me the money, who can feed the people at my table. Fuck what you're rapping about. Blah blah now because I know I'm out here wilding with the curses, but for real, it's on some F what you rapping about. We just want to see what you can bring to the table. Uh, what, what's your what, what's your story? What's mm-hmm. your gimmick? What's your image? You know, what can you sell? Can you sell me a gimmick? Mm-hmm. Can you sell me your, your private parts? Can you sell me the idea that you all about money and fast cars? If you can't sell me that conscious, then I don't want it. Wow. That's how it's looked at, man. Mm. I want to go to another song Um, that's one of my... It's a number of favorites on this album. I can't front. I mean, off the bat, like... Let me see. Let me grab my joint. I want to make sure. I think let's. I think let's stay together is one of my favorite joints on that album. Okay. There's another joint too. It's the name is escaping me. But let me say this. Karma, right? The song Karma. Yes. At the end of the song, there's an excerpt of a guy speaking, and he's yes. talking about the stoic man and how mm. the stoic man is not afraid of apparent evil, but real evil. Can you break right. down the difference between apparent evil and real evil and, you know, what the significance of that excerpt is to the actual record? Boom. Apparent evil is like this. Apparent evil is shit that you can see. Shit that you know is around you in the element. You can see a negative person that you know. Now, nah, I don't want no part of that. That's negative energy. Mm. You don't want none of that. that. That's right there in front of your face. The the other definition for the, the other vision, that's, you know, things like death. You know what I'm saying? It could be it could be a good and it could have its evil side to it, you know. The fear of going through the complications that you live in through life, you might not make it to the next day. You know what I'm saying? You might be more fearful of the fact of how you're going to feed your children. You know what I'm saying? That's something that you can see that the parents, but the end thought is, if you're not doing the right shit, you got to think of the outcome after that. Mm-hmm. That's the real fear, the outcome. If you don't do the right thing, when you think about that outcome, what could be the, the situation after that? You know what I'm saying? The record karma is just kind of in that situation. You know, it's, the, it's just the balance out of me just looking at shit like, all right, as much as I've been in and as much as I've been caught up in, I've done my fair share of good and balance. You know what I'm saying? And at the time, it was just me realizing that, all right, in this point and stage of my life where I'm at, I'm content with whatever comes my way as far as positive and negative because the end result is I developed that. I brought that into my universe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That, that's the ill part. With the karma, it could go left. It could go left and, all right, I already know it's going to go left because X, Y, A, B, and C, sooner or later it was going to come to me. Or I know it could go right and be positive. I knew it was going to go that way. Not speaking because on a bragging sense I did A, B, C, and D, but just for the fact that the universe sees that how I'm moving, I'm moving in proper direction. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. I I, I got to mm. say the reason why I highlighted that skit is because... um. I got the sense of what you were trying to convey with the, you know, that aspect of the real evil, right? Like, that's like dealing with self, you know what I mean? Like, that apparent evil is like the outer is how I took it. But I wanted to give you the the opportunity to kind of break it down and how you intended for it in the song. Right, right. Yeah. That's what's up. Negro 911. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going through the joints, man. I'm going through the joints. Um, you pick, you picking the good ones too. That's what I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a line where you say, "Tell me what a real nigga is, one who acts tough, standing on car- corners, fronting like they for real, or a brother who knows struggle and know how to make a change without acting like something he ain't." What do yeah. you think? created this infatuation that the hood has with this term, the real nigga being associated with the street life versus let's say the, the brother 
with the book knowledge and how do we get past that mentality? All right. So boom. I'm a I'm gonna answer the first I'm gonna answer the second part first. Yeah, you could take take it step by back. step. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna answer the second part first just because it's fresh. Now Ooh. boom, how do we stop that? It's just basically realize the company you keep, realize that certain shit ain't to be glorified, you know. Boom. Granted, in certain situations, when you growing up, you live life, you know, you fall into the pattern of what you do with everybody. And in that visionary sense of that point in time, even sometimes as an adult, some people still get caught in that. I, I look at Nas's second childhood record mm. kind of in the sense of displaying that in that second verse that he was kicking about the, the older dude who was still outside still trying to be down. And, you know, it still falls in the sense of the youth as well because they see these guys. These are the dudes that's getting the money. They out there. They ain't scared. Well, not to say they not scared, but they don't show their fear. You know, they wear their poker face very well. You know what I'm saying? They're out there. They got this image that, yo, that's that dude. That's that dude. He can't be effed with. You know, that's a real nigga. No. At the end of the day, you'll find out in another... 10, 15 years, if he's really as real as you look at, at oh, well, pardon, I'm about to mess up my own words. You're about to see if he's as real as he say he is. And 10 years from his development, from sitting outside on the block, he should have had established something. Mm. Whether he's got a home, you know what I'm saying? He has some type of, even if you don't have a savings, you have some type of way to develop money besides being outside. You're using your entrepreneurship. <laughs> I just say it like that, just to say it like that. Uh -huh. But you're using your entrepreneurship or, you know, you're doing it the legal way. Or maybe you're doing a little bit of both, but it's all on your sense of being. You're not moving wild like you was. Trying to be a real nigga. Trying to show somebody that, yo, I'm tough. I'm about that. No. Now you're showing somebody this is what real is. Real is taking care of my responsibilities that I have as far as my environment, you know, paying my bills, feeding my family, you know, making sure that I'm content with how I live. Being real is uplifting the people and giving life to the people that surround me, you know. Being real is understanding that sometimes you can't convey the message and get everybody to understand it, but as long as you try to pass the gem. You wasn't selfish with the shit that you know. Mm. You know, you tried to at least give somebody the chance. That's being real, being honest with yourself and being honest with others. Being a real nigga is just a term of, oh, he's that dude. No, being real and being a nigga is just, yo, you fucked up in a situation where, yo, you just happen to be black. They view you as that, but mm. that doesn't mean that you don't do what you got to do. Mm. You know, everybody gets put in a corner. It's all about how you back out that bitch and make it rain. Well, however you make it rain. You know what I'm saying? Just just make it work and come out of that. Come out of that situation of, of foul shit and give somebody else a, a, a perspective of, yo, he's doing something different. That's real. I can respect that. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, man. Well said. And uh, the, the question... The first question. Yeah, the first part of the question. Yeah. You want me to restate it? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think created this infatuation that the hood has with this term real nigga? Like, why are we well, so fascinated by this idea of the real nigga coming from the streets? Or, you know, back in the days I used to hear um, they would celebrate the brother that comes out of prison, but the, the you know, the brother that graduated college might not get the same celebration. What's your take on that? I mean, that's just, that's just ghetto mentality, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Regardless of what the good brother is doing, you know what I'm saying? Yo, my man, stand up. That's a real nigga. He did time in jail. All right. He did time in jail. That's respectable. You know what I'm saying? That's real. But how he comes out of that will really make him a real, like, not to think really make him a real nigga, but really make him real. Mm. How he develops out of that. How he changes somebody else's life. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's just caught up with the idea of the thug mentality because hip hop kind of fucked us up with that, you know, as far as with gangster rap and, you know, with the street rap, as far as cocaine bricks and all that other. So that kind of gives it that portrayal of, yo, that's what a real nigga is because 
That's what they talking about. Yeah, the glorification. They live in it. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They live in that. That's what they talking. That's real shit. You know, and to certain people, if you living in that fast money lifestyle, then I I can get what you're saying because it's real with you. It's relatable to you. Yeah. You know, but I think sooner or later it should transition over the, yo, nah, it's the good brother. The good brother's a real one. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Because he did something different. He got up out of him. Yeah. You know? And I really like the fact that you said, like, you know, you know, we got real brothers in all walks, right? So we not. I'm not saying that a brother that comes out of prison ain't a real brother. There's no no way I can no. say that. But like you said, what do you do with that? You know what I'm saying? Like I think that's a, exactly. that's a valid point. Like if you are perpetuating that lifestyle that um you know puts young brothers and sisters back like on that negative path, right? Um, mm-hmm. as opposed to like educating them and, and you know you know, making a change for yourself, but also for them, I think that's right. admirable. Yeah. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 a, it's a reach one, teach one deal. Definitely. If you can reach somebody and change somebody's life in a positive way, Word. that's real. If you just being a negative influence, you just a blind leading the blind, man. You know, mm. you ain't helping the cause. You part of the problem. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. What I like about you is like, you could actually speak about these. You, let me just say, you speak eloquently about this in an interview. Not everybody's able to, like, you know, break this down, right? Yeah. But not only that, like, you really actually speak this stuff in your music, you know? Like, I've seen it go the other way. Like, you'll be, you know, uh, MC or rapper will be talking all the negative, degrading shit in his music. And then <laughs> you talk to him, and he got he like <laughs> mad, he got mad knowledge. I'm like, yo, where's this in your music? But what I gotta you know. give you respect for is like this exists in your music, and it, is, it exists in the interview as well. So I'm curious to know, like, what inspired this mentality? Like, did you like have like older heads that put you on to the knowledge? Because you know, oh, very much so. Yeah. I come from good background. I'm not even going to front. I come from a good background. You know, my mother didn't take no shit and my father didn't take no shit. My mother taught me about responsibility and my father taught me how to move and how to survive. Mm. So coming from that background and then, you know, you got your aunts, your uncles, when you're outside trying to develop yourself, you know, as a young brother in the ghetto, you know, you run into other people as well that try to give you game and gems so you can develop and you know, pass on, change yourself. You know, mm. with that being said, yo, I'm, I don't really like spreading my age, but I'm 36 years old. You know what I'm saying? No um, I've sat with so many different people, life, different lives on this planet, whether living or dead. However, they was, they gave me something that I soaked up like a sponge. You know what I'm saying? And, yo, it's just all about if you could, if, Look at it like this. A million and one people on the planet. If you could get at least one person to understand, like, life is fucked up, of course, but, yo, there's mad other shit you can get through, and there's mad other things you can see. Mm. That you losing somebody. To me, that that's just real. That's just real. You know, I come from weird background. I come from being outside. You know, I know what it's like to get in the mix of, of shit, and then I know how to come out of that and be different, show different, mm. you know, try to be something positive. If you got that, why hold on to that? Knowledge is the best thing that you can ever give somebody. So why would you hold on to something that's so precious when you know you can save somebody else's life? Mm. Or you can get somebody to understand, you know, maybe a little bit more about themselves that they didn't even know about themselves. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, so, definitely. I, I, I just try to be me 100%. No matter, you know, how I move, this, this yeah. is just how I flow. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's interesting, too, because when I listen to the track Saturdays that you recently mm-hmm. put out, like, one of the things that really stands out about that track, you're talking about coming up in the hood, but, like, having your losses. Like, too many times, you know, people talk about coming from the hood, but they don't talk about the brother that came up in the hood that didn't have victories in the streets. Like, you had to fall, and, like, you really put that on front street. And I think that's really, Mm -hmm. like, respectable that you did that. You know what I'm saying? I try to make it relatable, because, you know, we all wasn't successful, Doug. 
because we all wasn't street guys, you know. Maybe we got a taste of it, but then we realized it's not really for us, you know. Mm-hmm. You got to forward it up. So, you know, I just be trying to give, like, you know, yo, this is for us. Yeah. I mean, we didn't fully, we didn't fully get there, but, yo, we made it. You know what I'm saying? We still alive. We breathing. Yeah. So, well, it still makes you real because you, you experienced it. You know what I'm saying? Like, as opposed to somebody who did not experience it and is speaking on it, like, you were, you were amongst it. And you could correct me oh, if nah, I'm wrong, but that's what I'm feeling. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm getting. Nah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Like I said, man, I wasn't no stranger to the funk, you know? Right. I'm, I I seen shit, and I just like to keep it funky. I, I like to speak about shit that I know, shit that I've been through. Because if I talk about anything else, I'm, I'm, how fucking true am I being to myself? Indeed. If I'm just talking about things that I ain't never lived and things I ain't been through. I'm just as fraud as the next guy. Mm. You know, I don't want to be that. I just want to be me. Mm. On the record, definition of a broke nigga. It's you mm. and another MC named Drew Guns, right? Yes. On the on the, in the beginning of the verse, and this happens with both of you, but you start off by saying, "I remember struggling, gut bubbling, mm. cause all I," and then you pause, and then mm. you repeat that same line and then go right into the verse. The same thing yeah. happens with Drew Guns. Talk to me a little mm. bit about why you decided to pause or why both of y'all paused. Like, what was the effect that you were trying to convey with that? No, I was actually drunk when we recorded that. <laughs> really? Like, when, I, when I recorded that, I was actually drunk and I did that. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to just keep it because it sounds wrong. Okay. And he said, you know what? I'm going to just follow your energy on the record. Because oh, I like how you did that. Dope, yeah, dope. I was drunk, man. <laughs> you know, I, I I appreciate you being real about it. Uh, maybe I was listening too deep because, like, because it happened twice, I was like, yo, what are they trying to say? Are they... To me, it felt like you guys were trying to say, yo, let me pause and take a break. Like, let me think about, like, wow, I really went through that. Let me pause on that. Nah, you know, let me reflect. Nah. Nah, I, that, I that's what I thought, but I that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. I, that's me thinking way too much into it. I told you I'm a nah, lyric head, so love. I go deep, my brother. Yeah. It's all love. It's all love. No doubt. So, um, here's another line. Um, this is from Step Brothers. Uh, yeah. you say I was a schemer who had plans until I realized even Mister Rogers lived as a bad man. Yeah. Break that down. I don't know Mr. <laughs> Rogers to be a bad man, so like, get, get, give me, well, but, give me but what see, you meant. But, but that's that's the play on it, though. But that's mm. the play on it because we never know if Mr. Rogers was a bad man. Ah. You know what I'm saying? It's it's all the intention of yo. You know, like I said, I was a scheme who had plans. I used to have a lot of ideas about shit, but then I realized yo, some of my ideas ain't going right, and it just makes me look like you know. I'm bugged out, I'm crazy, so fuck it. If I look crazy, hell, Mr. Rogers even look crazy to somebody, so fuck it. If I'm a bad guy, yeah, I look like a bad guy just like he was a bad guy, you know what I'm saying? You never know who's the bad man. Yeah. You gotta realize, even the even the best in the even the best in the in, in the person who's good, they got some evil in them, you know what I'm saying? So that was the intent behind it. Like, yo, even Mr. Rogers was this bad man. We don't know that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He could have lived like outside of the whole cameras and life. He was probably wild out, driving cars, macking mad women, paying prostitutes. We don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Word. I like that. That's you know? clever. I definitely like that. Thank you. Thank you. Let me see what else. I got something else for you. I'm almost done, but I got something nah, else nah. for you. I, I'm, like I said, I like this. This is I like this interview. This interview is dope because we really get in the breakdown of the breakdown. Yeah, and the yeah, yeah. Interesting, man. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Um, all right, maybe I'll share this with you. And I felt like this might be um, this might be al- along the lines of you know what you what you tend to talk about in your music. I was watching a um, I think it's like a docu series. It's called uh-huh. Naked Hustle. It's okay. on the UMC channel. Now, let me just keep it real. Like, I didn't watch the whole thing. Like, 
after like I watched like the first few minutes, I was like, yo, what the hell is this? But what was what was intriguing to me was like, so it's a it's a documentary that's about like how the strip culture has had an impact on the music industry, particularly the hip hop music industry, the rap industry, right? And um right. they were saying that when the rappers that come to the strip club, like especially the one in Atlanta, they were yeah, they were referencing the strip club in Atlanta, and they were saying when the rappers come and they whoever whoever throws the most money, the strippers turn up. And that record right. now becomes the hit record because the strippers turned up. But the only reason they turned up is because the rapper that threw the most money got them excited. So now that record from that rapper becomes like the hot record. And right. then they also said that um like they they would invite like producers would invite strippers to the studio and they would play like you know a bunch of beats and like say they get to the 10th beat and the strippers turn up that would be how they would choose the hit record and that shit blew my mind i was like yo like yo really like i like i heard about shit like this but like to hear like this is actually a strategy that that kind of blew my mind man like what what do you I mean it's a smart smart idea though. Like, yeah, it's definitely a, yeah, I, I I could I I definitely in terms of the strategy, but it, it it threw me off and I was like, damn, like really like this is what it's got this is what it's come to. You know what I'm saying? Like right. what's what's your take on how um yeah, just that whole strategy and how um you know strip culture has dictated the music, particularly hip hop music or rap music. For me to be exact. It's all about the money, man. You got to look at it. As long as it's a business, there's money behind it, we're going to fuel it. I yeah. think that's genius, though. The fact that, <laughs> yo, we're going to sit in the studio, we're going to play some beats, and then when Homegirl come here and jiggle on it, boom, we're going to write the hit record. And then, not for nothing, it actually becomes a hit. That's just crazy. But to me, I mean... It's kind of like sucking shit, though. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, yo, you, it's like you're cheating in a sense because that's your intention. You're throwing the most money, but you use the strategy. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, yo, I am make sure that, yeah, play my record. I threw all these bands in the air, man. I need you to play my record. I need you to shake it to my record. I throw you some more money. Yeah. I mean, so everybody got to hustle. Everybody got to eat. And Word. it's just messed up. Hip-hop gets pimped. Real yeah. bad. Yeah. You know? It's well, sad. No man. matter how yeah. it is. Yeah. I guess we, we you know, we like real hip-hop heads, you know. Maybe I, let me not use that word because that's a little cliche word. But, like, you know, <laughs> us who are into the into the lyrics and the content, we got to come up with our strategy, man. <laughs> you Yo, know what I mean? But um, more more yeah. ethical. <laughs> no. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, more responsible. Some shows, man. Everybody get on the open mic stuff, and then boom. How's that going for you now? I know we we living in like the social distancing time. Like, how's that going for you? I know the record was released a few months ago. Um, but how how's that working out for you in terms of you staying afloat and you know your artistry and everything? I mean, at the moment in time, you know you can't really do much, and I'm I like I'm one of these. Not to say I don't like to do shows, but I want to do a show and I know that it's going to be a dope show. Mm-hmm. I don't want to jump on the bill and there's like 55 rappers on there. Everybody got like three songs piece, And it's a cipher of what, what we like and then the majority of a whole bunch of what's out there in the world, you know? So mm-hmm. since a lot of the shows, especially, you know, in NY, they're starting to cater to that. I'm like, yo, if I get hit up for a show, I'll jump on the bill, you know, just to jump on the bill. Because, you know, I like to perform, and it's been a minute since I performed. But wow. as far as the music is concerned, I just look at it as, yo, consistency is key. Wow. You know, I got the visuals. I got the music. I just put out, you know, a single, just to throw a single out there, you know, to, to, just to keep the momentum going so, you know, people can get into the music. Mm. So it's just, the more content you can put out and, you know, the more you can produce to people, 
you know, that's kind of how it's keeping your relevance in this day and age. You know, there's right. dudes that's out there, they putting out three tapes a month, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it, it's, a, it's a crazy game, but, you know, consistency, I got to say, is key. So any way you can figure to keep consistent without selling out your name and your brand, you got to do what you got to do. And I just think, yo, keep making music. When you get the time, keep putting out the visuals and, you know, just try to keep something. Word. You ain't got to be, like, crazy with it, but, you know, just make sure that you got something so people say, all right, I know he's still working, he's still doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I see you still working, man. I know you put out a couple singles lately and, you know, you keep pushing, man. Listen, man, I want to thank you so much for taking the time with me today. I wish you all the best with this project and all the new stuff you got coming, man. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you, you know, reaching out and making this happen. This is pretty dope. Thank you, man. So um, what's what's next in store, man? What what Do you have any plans uh, for the rest of the year as far as the music or, you know, business moves that we need to be looking for? Well, I mean, at the moment in time, I put it like this. I got something that's in the works I'm trying to do, like, around October. I'm trying to drop some uh, a new project in October. Mm-hmm. And then I also got some stuff in the mix with my man, uh, Jamel Honesty, that we working on. Okay. Uh, can't give too much information on that. It's just we working on some stuff. But mm-hmm. as far as my own personal material, I'm trying to put something out. Like around October, I'm working with this producer from North Carolina named uh, 919, uh, a.k.a. Black Knight. Mm. And, you know, um, yeah, we just been working on that the past couple of months. So I just hope that I can start displaying that and start getting that to the people soon before the year ends out. So, you know, just to end the year out with some music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yo, man, definitely keep doing your thing, man. I, like I said earlier in the interview, man, you, you got the voice, man. And I feel like you're doing that uh, authentic New York hip-hop that I grew up on. And you're doing it right, man. So I'm definitely going to look you. forward to hearing more from you, man. You know what I'm Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I'm glad that, you know, somebody sees it for, for what it really is, you know. Nobody's doing that. It's like it's a renaissance out here because there's yeah. a lot of dudes that it, they are doing it, and you know they don't get the proper recognition. But yo, yeah. we definitely out here, and you know we trying to keep that vibe alive. Mm, definitely, and it's dope because you actually you're actually from here. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm seeing oh, yeah. born and raised, man. Word. <laughs> I'm seeing cats doing New York music that ain't from here, which it ain't a problem. But you like right. from the epicenter, so like that's 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 love, man. I mean, you know, it's always dope when you you can see one of your own, you know, from the borough kind of shining. You know what I mean? You know, so right, right. On that yeah. note, man, what's what's um what's your um what would you say is like your your favorite track on the album or favorite couple tracks on the album? Uh, boom. Personally, Karma. Okay. I like No Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with nowhere. Okay. Saturdays is definitely my shit. And then to end it out, I'm gonna go with the uh the last track on the album, uh E I D B I L. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a split track, right? Is it is it two actual songs or is it like Yeah, it's like it's, it, it's two actual songs. Right. I, I broke it down like that. But the the split the split in the title is is each song? Is the name yeah. of the song? All right. I figured so. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Yo, that's what's up. I got to say, Let's Stay Together is one of my favorites. And then there's another one, like I said, is escaping me. I ain't got my um, run the, I, I ain't got the track list in front of me, but it's one of the first mm. joints where you, you know, you, 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 um, I think it's like the third track or something, man, Um, where you just going in, man. <laughs> like the, the flow is um, just like. That's. That's open letter. Yes, yes, you got it. You already knew. That's my joint. Open yeah. letter and let's stay together. That's my joints. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I, I forgot. Let's stay together. But let's stay yeah, together. Yeah. Is definitely a good track. Dope, dope, man. Yeah. Yo, Squeegeeo, man. Thank you again, man. All the best, man. If you want to give your social medias, you know where people can find you, 
go ahead and do that, man. But thank you again. Oh nah, without a shadow of a doubt. I thank you, brother Krill. You know, this is this is dope shit to me. Um if you're looking for me, you can catch me on Instagram at squeegee S Q U E E G I E underscore oblong O B L O N G. Um anything else you're looking for me on is uh squeegee O S Q U E E G I E space O. Uh, the Bandcamp is is obitch.bandcamp.com if you want to want to donate and uh, pay some funds for some music. But if you want to get it for free, just Google or type in my name and whatever you use them to listen to YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, whatever you know. S Q U two E's a G I E with the space and then O. You know, and Definitely. once again, Brother Krill, I appreciate you for uh, reaching out to me and uh, making this happen. Likewise, my brother. All the best, man. All the best and success. For the Out the Box listeners out there, make sure y'all check us out at outtheboxmedia.com. That's O-U-T-D-A-B-O-X media.com. Our podcasts yeah, yeah. are now airing on a weekly basis, so you could catch us every Friday um midnight you know i try to have the shows up by midnight friday same time as the releases uh and you can also catch them on the anchor anchor.fm platform you can find it on spotify you can find it on apple Podcasts. you can find it on google Podcasts. you know just hit up the instagram page or the twitter page instagram is out the box media twitter is out the box media uh facebook is out the box radio you know just keep it locked with us man hope that um you guys are feeling you know the interviews that we've been doing lately man and hit us up let us know if you you know who you would like to see on or here on the show next and with that note man thank you again squeegio much success and we out of here thank, thank you. Peace, peace.